I'm feeling pretty good right now. So we'll, we'll have a long message tonight. Amen. Actually, I think it'll be on the shorter side. But uh, amen. I always enjoy seeing her thumbnails. She does a great job. Galatians chapter 5 and Luke chapter 6. It's pretty much the only two places we'll be toggling back and forth uh, this evening. <clears throat> Last week we looked at the term fallen from grace. Fallen from grace and what... Uh, uh, um, um, circles use that term for, just like other circles use the term rightly dividing the word of truth and they turn it into something else. Amen. The week before that, we looked at circumcision under the law and out of the law and how that doesn't affect our salvation or their salvation, whether you're circumcised, uncircumcised, Gentile, Jew, it doesn't matter. Salvation is the same. And today we'll be moving forward several verses in chapter 5. You say, only several? Yeah, only several. Amen. And you'll be thankful too, because if I go any further, it's talking about walking in the Spirit. We, uh, that's old. Like, we'll do that next week. Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. We'll start right back and we'll move forward. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. And I find comfort in knowing that every one of those verses, there's stumbling blocks that different circles get stuck in. But we've gone over that in the last few weeks, and I'm encouraged by that. We can read that and say, oh, I know what it's talking about. Verse 5, for we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. What is our hope of righteousness? When we're all snatched up away at the rapture to be together with him. Verse 6, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. And, and, and I, we know that in the context of Scripture, Paul's clearly reiterating the fact that circumcision has nothing to do with salvation. You say, Pastor, we've been going over this. You've been hitting it hard for like a month, six weeks. Amen. That's the book of Galatians. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> you know, uh, we go over stuff, and I will even study things for hours and preach it. And then you ask me a question of something that I literally preached a month ago, and I'll be like, wait, let me think about it. <laughs> you know, you, we're holes with buckets. We're just holes with buckets. That's why we've got to be in the Word. Amen. But here in, in this letter, in this chapter, verse 7, Paul switches gears. In his tone, really changes with this next verse. Brother Tony, would you pray for the message, brother? Amen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. Paul, he begins to make an accusation, a serious one at that. He says, you did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. Then this classic verse, a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. Paul is directly making the statement in this letter. Hey, someone's been telling you some false doctrine. He's saying somebody's been spreading man-made doctrines about the gospel. And the issue here is clearly circumcision being added to grace. Or I should say circumcision being added to salvation. It's really the, the issue. 
And it could be very, very well that Paul had Peter in mind when he was writing this. And if not Peter, whoever the man or men was that was influencing Peter to add, uh, to, to add, to teach adding circumcision to salvation. Jump back a couple chapters. Uh, keep replacing Galatians 5. Go to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, 11. Remember earlier in the same letter, Paul had to with, he withstood Peter to the face, which means he had to step up to him right to his face personally and be like, hey, you're teaching wrong. Uh, you don't need that. Nobody needs to get circumcised to get saved. That's not how it is. That's not how it ever was. That's not what it's all about. You're trying to add legalism to salvation. Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. We'll just read a couple verses real quick to remind ourselves. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. That means he was wrong. On a side note there, isn't it interesting that the, the so-called original pope to the Catholic Church was completely wrong, and Paul had to tell him how you're wrong, you're teaching wrong. <laughs> they should have picked somebody else, anybody else but Peter. He was the wrong person, the one who got angry and uh, tried to chop a Roman soldier's head off. They weren't thinking on that one. Anyway, verse 12, for before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles, oh my goodness. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. How silly that is. Oh, they're, they're circumcised. I can't go sit eat with them. Oh, they're uncircumcised. I can't eat with them. Oh, my goodness. They're in the James Knox crowd. I can't fellowship. They're in the Rugman crowd. I can't even hang around them. That's just ridiculous. You know, if John Calvin was here preaching, I might would go sit under him just to hear a message of him. Man, there's things I, I just think are so doctrinally wrong, the major doctrinally wrong. But boy, there's a lot we can learn. doesn't mean that the group that they're in are bad people. You know, the, 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 when Paul went and withstood Peter to the face, there's a whole group of Christians that are listening to Peter. And, and they're following some wrong doctrines at the time. Do you think Paul wouldn't go have fellowship with them? Absolutely he would. That's what he had to withstand with him to the face for. I say that and I sure get tired of certain circles, buddy. I deal with it more than I want to. Ah, man. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> but you say, well, that was back then, and they were adding things to the scriptures. We don't see that much nowadays. Oh, yeah, we do. And I'll pick on Catholicism just for a moment because they're just the biggest target. <clears throat> Purgatory they added in 593. It's not in the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible. Never taught Jesus, disciples, nobody ever taught purgatory. But they decided in 593 to come together and say, you know what? We believe in purgatory. Let's start teaching it across, the, not the nation, the world. There's a major council. It wasn't just a, a few Catholic people. We're talking about the entire denomination. Uh, title of Pope, uh, AD 610, the worship of images and relics, 768. Holy water. Where did holy water come from? Well, it came from the council that they voted it in in 850. Just like Peter was trying to add circumcision to salvation. Adding circumcision, adding works, adding things to the gospel message that just aren't there. Worship of Joseph, 890. Celibacy of the priesthood, 1079. The rosary, 1090. The Inquisition. You say, what's the Inquisition? Where the Catholic Church literally sent out groups of people to like kill their dog, to get them to come back to the Catholic Church, put them in prison, hang them, torture them. That's what the Inquisition was, the church, the Catholic Church. Awful. 
Sale of indulgences, 1190. Uh, Transubstantiation, 1215. We all know about all that stuff. We spent several weeks in Sunday school going through man-made doctrines, right? And we were highlighting Catholicism at the time. We've gone through Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, I think that's all that I went, I went through, amen, just in the last couple, three years. But Paul's doing the very, very same thing. He's pointing out saying, no, 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 that's not gospel. That's not doctrine. Quit teaching it. And he was stood him to the face. There's not many people that, in my opinion, would have the authority to do that to Peter. Paul sure did. He sure did. Amen. A little leaven, leaven with the whole lump. A little doctrine, little little false doctrine is not going to hurt, right? Wrong. I mean, it's it's the, it's, it's the same. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same. Sin, sin, rebellion, bitterness, uh, uh, hatefulness, pride. Uh, it's all the same a little bit grows and it grows and it might be fine now you know well we'll watch this TV show for the kids it's only uh, uh, just this little bit of bad (coughs) then our kids it might be fine might be fine for next 20 years and then they're going to watch a show with their kids that are just a little bit worse all of a sudden you go a couple three generations all of a sudden You're way down the road, amen. While we're on the topic of Catholicism, uh, the the example is perfectly here. In uh, in, 375, which is like not long after uh, they became officially Catholicism, they, they, they voted on AD 375, the veneration or honoring of the saints or angels and angels at the same time. And uh, you say, okay, well, that's just, you know, that's, now, why you would do that, just, okay, I know we need to exalt them, or, but whatever, you know, Christ never really exalted the angels, but okay, okay, and you, and you move on, and about, uh, what's this, in AD 431, so 25, 50, 55, 60 years later, the exaltation of Mary, because if you're going to exalt saints and angels, I mean, you got to do an exaltation of Mary, if you're going to put her on this high pedestal, okay, well, that's, it's uh, a little, you know, worse, you know, a little more non-gospel. Well, then you jump forward another 170 years to AD 600. Now they're starting, they vote in to pray for, well, I'm not saying people started doing it. I'm saying the church voted to do this and teach this. AD 600 started praying to Mary. All of a sudden that term when Paul said a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump, it starts to really take effect. And you say, okay, we're well, praying to Mary. Well, Another 454 years later, in AD 1884, they literally voted in to teach that the, of the Immaculate Conception of Mary. You think I'm kidding? Look it up. At the Catholic Council, AD 1854. Teaching this. The Immaculate Conception. The Bible never said that. Never, 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 never. A group of men decided that. The same thing that Peter was doing, and God bless Peter. Amen. I believe he loved the Lord. I, I believe that. There's people that love the Lord that have wrong doctrine. It's just what it is. Sometimes we need to break fellowship when it's, I mean, the, I draw a line, amen. You better believe in salvation through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. If you don't believe that, I, I, can't, I can't worship with you. Amen. I'll draw the line there, amen. 
But at first it was just a small doctrine change, and then it changed, got bigger over time. And then all of a sudden a little heresy turned into a big heresy, a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. So I'm, I'm just going to miss this service. I'm tired. Ooh, it's easy to miss another service. It's, then, I, then it's easy to miss another service. Amen. I, I know how it goes. I, I, with, with, with the whole COVID thing and my whole work situation, I can pretty much go in and leave when I want to. That makes it a lot harder to get up in the morning, Miss Kathy. You know, when I, I don't really have to be that. I, I basically made my schedule. I get there at 9 every morning, so I get to uh, <coughs> sleep a little more. <coughs> but, like, I could be there at 9.30 or 10, and nobody's going to say nothing. It makes it a little harder. Amen. Let's go back to our text. <coughs> Galatians chapter 5, verse 10. Paul continued writing, he said, I have confidence in you through the Lord that uh, you will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. I, I, really, I really think he probably had Peter in his mind, but he's probably just not calling him out by name. He's being respectful, maybe. Verse 11, and I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer uh, persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. Hold your place in Galatians and uh, turn to uh, Angels chapter 6, verse 22. Luke chapter 6, verse 22. <laughs> you guys aren't even phased by that anymore. Like, okay. <laughs> Amen. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 22, he said, Blessed are ye when men shall hate you. When they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. You know that non-truth will always be offended by real truth? Uh, Wrong will always be offensive and rub right the wrong way. People who are wrong will always be offended by those who are right. Paul's saying here in in the text, he's saying that people wouldn't want to stone him if they weren't for the sake of Christ. And by the way, Christ is very offensive to the sinner and to the backslidden Christian. Amen. And just how, just to show the seriousness of the issue, Paul makes this claim back in our text, Galatians chapter 5, verse 12. He says, I would that they were even cut off, which trouble you. That's a big statement. Well, salvation's really important. It really is. We shouldn't have the attitude, we'll just let them do their thing and, you know, let God sort them out later. No, 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 because people are dying and going to hell learning false doctrine, not getting gospel. People die and go to hell with good intentions every single day. Our job is to get the gospel out, not to just say, oh, well, let them be, amen. Paul's saying, they w- I-, I would rather he be dead, maybe talking about Peter. Making a point. I would rather whoever's telling you false doctrine that they were dead. Amen. Which trouble you. So God takes his word seriously. It's almost like he he demands respect on the same level. uh, uh, (coughs) uh, He demands respect for the word of God as the same level as his son. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Same was in the beginning with God. 
jump down to verse 14, it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the, the, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word of God is literally as important as Jesus Christ and God Himself. Literally as important. So why don't we treat it that way? And I'm talking to denominations and, and any Christian that doesn't let this lead them. That's a pet peeve of mine more than it ever has been. More that I study the Word of God, more that I study what other denominations are teaching, it really bothers me when the Word of God isn't first and foremost. You realize by making a church creed or doctrine and and they all do Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, Catholicism. They all have books or magazines that they literally vote in and say, well, it's equal to the Word of God. You need the Word of God and this. Are you kidding me? Right. I, I'll burn that in the trash in a second. Right. It's the Word of God, nothing else. Amen. Amen. Where was I? Get me all riled up. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. We'll close, close down here. We'll wind it down. <clears throat> it says, For brethren... You have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. I, I need to have that. <laughs> I need, when, when, when somebody uh, comes in the office and they're mad at somebody else, I need to just have like a sign with a stick and pull it out and just put that up there. By love, read it. By love serve one another. Amen. Oh. It, that person that's usually mad at somebody else and they just can't let bitterness go, they might say, well, well, they should change what they're doing for me. And that response it immediately shows the bitterness in their heart, you know. Because they, they always I'm right, I'm right, they should change. They should, they should do what I think should be. Look, e- even if the person who's bitter and upset is wrong, don't, don't let liberty, uh, don't use liberty as an occasion. Don't be consumed by bitterness. Right. You know what, Miss Darla? If you absolutely wrong me for uh, throwing away all the Pete's coffee back there before Sunday morning, and I come in here and like I know that you did it because I saw you do it on the ca- this didn't really happen. But if I saw that you do it on the cameras, like I, I look, Brad John, she threw all the way all my coffee, and I'm going to confront her. But you know what? It's not worth making a big scene, uh, uh, me being consumed out of bitterness over it. I can withstand her to the face and say, Miss Darla, I saw what you did. Please don't do that again. Right? Amen. <laughs> yeah, I'm just warning you, don't ever do it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. People can take some sound bites out of these messages and really do some damage, couldn't they? Amen. Amen. Paul's saying just because you can doesn't mean you shouldn't. Uh, just because you can doesn't mean that you shouldn't. And, and there's so many applications we can put to that. Um, man, I, uh, amen, I, I better not <clears throat> say what I'm thinking. Um, but j- just because you can doesn't mean that you shouldn't. There, there's, yeah, I got to put those illustrations out of my mind, amen. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. If ye, but if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. The one who is bitter would never admit it, but they are consumed with bitterness with whomever wronged them. 
They never admit that. But they're consumed with it. A month later, a year later, ten years later, they're still bringing up the same things that somebody offended them in church years ago. It's like, what? We had a lady come. Somebody came to church on recently and um, um, were telling me about somebody else that hasn't been here in years because of something that happened like 20, 30 years. I don't know. And I don't even know if it's anybody, but some Christian offended this person. I was like, that's why they're not coming back, so pray for them. Paul's saying, don't be consumed with that. That's baby Christian stuff. I mean, come on now. Brother Tony offends me every Sunday morning. Drives me crazy. No, he don't. But really, you know, if we got upset over everything, man, I, I... you know, the, the, people tell me this all the time, and we're, we're done in just a couple minutes. People tell me this all the time, and I heard it again on Sunday. Well, you don't even know what we've been through. Well, you don't know what happened to us. I, I promise you, I've had it worse to me, or I've dealt with worse. I, a thousand times, I know all about how bad people are. I get it. We, we all know how bad people are. We're awful people. But you're going to let that stop you from serving the Lord? Get real, man. Get real. Christians fight more amongst themselves with, than the adversary, and, and then who wins the adversary? Amen. Where was I? Oh, right at the end here. <coughs> Paul's saying don't use liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Just because you can doesn't mean that you should. Let's look at this last verse and we'll close. Galatians 5.16. He says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And how do we walk in the spirit? Well, the rest of the chapter tells us in pretty good detail. Read it this week. and We'll go over it next week. Amen. Let's close. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Help us to grow as individuals. Help us to grow as a church. Help us to understand your word from the book of Acts to different denominations.